Team Builder, and thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Cavert of Fun Doing and On Team Building. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hello, Michelle. Doing well, thank you. Excellent. Thanks for asking. Yeah, Good it's... to see you again, face to face. Yeah, we're 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 making it work. I know, making it work. We're <laughs> recording I, multiple episodes at one sitting. And I tasked Chris with saying, Michelle, we have to record an episode this week. Yeah. So we just I just have to carve out time on my calendar to get it done, and so that way we're, we're still putting good content out there for you fine listeners out yeah, there. Yeah, we, we love to talk, <laughs> and finding, finding the time. <laughs> It's always a little bit tricky, but we're doing it. We're doing it. We're keeping it going. We're go- we have a goal. We're going to try to reach 100 episodes this year. Not mm-hmm. in one season. N- n- total. Not in one- yes, total. <laughs> Let's throw a big old in, caveat in there. I think we're in the 80s <laughs> at this the, point in I think time. this is 82, yeah. Something so. like, well, we don't know. We don't know where it's going to fall, but I think it, yeah, yeah. it's going to be 82, somewhere yeah. around there. Okay. But we're, we've got an interesting topic. We're going to, we're, I think we're going to open the can. We are. Ooh. Gonna, it's not a can of... Worms, worms, no. or anything. It's not a can of the other stuff. We don't want to put explicit on our, yeah. our podcast. But we're we're, we're going to open a can open, of creativity. Creativity is what that? we're opening, Chris. And okay. then we want more about this from you, listeners. Send us your thoughts about it. But okay. what is like? This is kind of your. Yeah, this Your is the genesis. one that I'm, I'm yeah, like I really wanted to genesis. bubble this one yeah. up to the top. Yeah. So, so explain okay, so, it, and then I will ask questions if I'm not quite clear. I think I got it. Okay. But what's your thought? Okay, so our last episode focused on game change, where we got some questions and some the bullet points from the beginning of the Quicksilver book and whatnot. And for this episode... Instead of focusing on just game change, this one is going to be how do you change the game to meet a specific outcome? There you go. Okay, got it. Okay. So this one is really around taking a a game that maybe you already know. You've facilitated this game a hundred times. And now all of a sudden you've been posed with a question from a client or maybe you're designing something towards a specific outcome. And then you take an an old game that you've known for a long time and you change a little bit of the game and all of a sudden those little changes all of a sudden completely change the game. And so now it's more of an outcome change that you've made rather than tweaking the game, just level of challenge, time, skill level or anything like that. But you've completely changed the game based on a few tweaks that you've made. Yes, and and I think to... When we were talking about this, I was wrapping my head around the specifics. And I think we kind of put it in the idea that it's it's a very specific request. Your client, and, and we're going to have these in the episode, kind of a specific request versus we're not going to go into the weeds around concepts like trust and communication. Because sure. yep. we, we work on that a lot. Problem solving, relationships, communication, these things that we're used to working on this. This was kind of a, a specific request that we then tied in activities to meet this more of a specific request. That's what we're going to talk about yep. today, right? Correct. Okay. Okay. What do you got? So, so you I start have, us off. I have the game that I played for years, and and truth be told, I don't remember when I learned this game. I've played it so many times, I don't remember the origin of where I learned the game. But it's kind of an energizer slash tag game 
called Protector Destroyer. Okay, and we'll put a link to the show notes. I'll put a link on my blog to this exercise with my outcome change tweak that I've made. It's also in my book, Setting the Conflict Compass. It is in that book as well. So Protector Destroyer is a game to where you have everybody stand in a circle and you invite your participants to, to identify two different people in the circle and give them secret roles. Secret meaning you're not gonna tell them out loud that you've selected them. You're gonna peer around the circle, you're gonna select one person that is going to be your protector in the activity, and you select a different person that's going to be your destroyer. <laughs> okay, so it has to be two different people, and you don't look them in the eye and say, it's you, right? No, you, it's secret. So you've got one protector and one destroyer. This activity has a few rounds. Round number one, then to play Protector Destroyer, then you have to keep yourself. We're gonna walk around, it's a walking game, and so I always usually say, repeat that with me, it's a walking game. We're gonna walk around in this space that you, within the boundaries that you've provided, and you have to keep your protector between yourself and your destroyer at all times. So as you start to move around then, you have to physically put the person, now you're not, you're not moving them with your hands, but just like you have to walk around to where the person that you've identified as your protector is between you and the person you've identified as your destroyer at all times. So it's a non-contact game. If you've ever played this, it is hysterical. Like because ultimately someone has chosen someone to be the protector that's also someone else's destroyer and then it almost becomes impossible. But the movement of it, is very fluid. It almost looks like a school of fish to where people are like moving around and whatnot. And it's a very giggly, kind of an energetic game because you're up and moving and you're active and whatnot. That's the game of Protector Destroyer. When I first learned it, it literally was just a game that I used with the intent of just, if I've been sitting for a long period of time or we just did something heady, I just needed to get the group up and move them around. It's a three minute game. It does not take very long. Um, and that was it. That was Protector Destroyer. So in the original game, there was only one round. So I said there was multiple rounds. But my tweak came as soon as I tweaked it. Then all of a sudden I became round one was I played Protector Destroyer. So just and that really the intent behind it is to get the foundation of the game out there. Then I say, okay, everyone get back in the circle. And then I usually say, go and thank your protector for protecting you. Please go and inform your destroyer that they were your destroyer. And then get back into a circle. So they all do that and whatnot. And then you get back in the circle. And then I was like, okay, how hard was it to keep your protector between your destroyer? Did anything, you know, silly happen? Or, you know, kind of debrief a little bit right then and there. Then say, okay, that was round one. Now we're going to play round two because we're going to change the rules a little bit. Okay, so round two then. How we change this, how we tweak this then to make it more of an outcome change is then the rules. Round two then goes where you have everybody get back into the circle and you say, okay, we're going to play the same game again. However, this time what we're going to do is you're going to look around the circle and you're going to choose one person that's going to be your protector. So that part is still the same. Although the second role that you're going to do is you're going to select someone that is going to represent the bully, okay? Now it doesn't have to actually be someone that has bullied you or has bullying behaviors or anything like that. You're just selecting someone different 
then the protector that is going to play the role of the bully. And then we're gonna play the same game again. You have to keep the person you've selected as the protector in between yourself and the bully at all times. Ready, go. And so the same game plays again. Now it's, it's not, it doesn't, it plays out in pretty much the same way. But where the tweak comes in and, and it's important is then in the debrief of that phase two. So that after you're like, okay, this time, as soon as it's done, you give them a minute or minute or half or so to play the game and they're running around and they're giggling and laughing again and whatnot. You say, okay, go ahead and get back into a circle. You may inform or tell your, thank your protector for protecting you. You may inform the person that was your bully that, that they were your bully and then get back into the large circle. Yeah. So now you're opening up the conversation of bullying. Exactly. Right? While you're playing and being energetic. Exactly. Being so then when you de debrief this phase of the game, I'm like, so then you start talking about how different was this activity when in round one you had a destroyer, but in round two there was actually someone that had bullying behaviors out there that you were seeking protection from. Were your feelings different when you were playing this game when the, versus destroyer, which it's often hard to put a face with the word destroyer because it's kind of a video game term and you know things like that or war term or whatever. But bully, like, I don't know about you, but I can think of a few bullies of people that were in my childhood that, like, faces come up with that uh, role, if you will, or title, if you will. Mm -hmm. So now, all of a sudden, did it change? Did the label of bully make it more real? Was it maybe not as fun? Or did it? Did you have a better sense of urgency? Different when strategy. Different strategy for trying mm -hmm. to get away from this person to try to get make sure that your protector was in between. And then, of course, let them, you know, answer those questions, whatnot. And then even relate it back to the real world. How do you think victims of bullying feel when they see their bully in the hallway at school or in the classroom? Do they then try to seek a protector <laughs> to put themselves in between themselves and that person that has bullying behaviors? So things like that. Then there's a phase three or round three. Round three then is like, okay, we're gonna play the game one more time. Except this time, you're going to choose one person that's going to be in the role of the bully. You're going to choose a different person that's going to be the, in the role of the victim of bullying. You are the protector. So in this round, you have to keep yourself in between the person who has been bullied or the victim of bullying and the person who has bullying behaviors. And then make the, let them pick their two people. Ready, go. This phase plays out so differently because everybody rushes to the middle because you're trying to get in between two people and it creates this crazy mosh pit to where then literally like people are kind of squished up next to you know against one another and they're the movement is very restricted and very difficult to get in between and of uh, the the two people and some people if they're squished in the middle but they st they still will take an arm or a hand and still try to put an arm or a hand in between the person who ha is being the victim of bullying and then the person that's being the bully. And then I don't let that one play out very long because it's, it's kind of awkward and uncomfortable because everyone is literally squished in the middle. And it was like, okay, you may go and, and tell the victim of bullying that you were trying to protect them and you were then, you know, go to the, to, and you can inform the person that you had chosen them as the bully. So, so anyway, so this one here, you know, it definitely has a very serious tone to it compared to the other two phases. You know, so after, of course, a few minutes of play, get them back into the circle, and then the debriefing of this one 
is very different. And usually the first question I ask is, how many of you were successful at protecting the victim of bullying from the bully? And a lot of people are like, I failed miserably at that one. I'm like, well, why? What was, you know, why was it? They're like, because either A, my person didn't want to be protected, or B, I just, I physically could not get there. And then I usually ask, well, what was your strategy? Was your strategy to position yourself closer to the victim, or was it to be closer to the person who is labeled as the bully? And so it's interesting for people to like, for some, they're like, oh no, I wanted to be around around the person who has been victim. Well, why? What was your strategy? What, why would that be your strategy? Well, that person, I wanted to protect them and I they needed attention or consoling or like whatever it is. Okay. What are the pros? So then I'll I move it to like, what are the pros? There's pros and cons to both of these, right? So what is the pro of positioning yourself closer to the victim of lying? They feel seen, heard, and valued. They they maybe need consoling, all of those things. But what are the cons of that? Maybe the bully's like, ha ha. I mean, they, like they're being, you know, maybe it makes them more of a target because now they can tell that that person is getting the extra attention, you know, and, and makes them more of a target. All right, and then let's talk about the other strategy. If your strategy was to be closer to the bully, what are the pros and cons of that? The pros are, well, if they truly have bullying behaviors, then they're not out bullying other people. Because if, if your strategy is to position yourself closer to the victim, then if you've got somebody else out there that truly has bullying behaviors, they're just out there bullying other people, right? Or that could be one of the things that's happening. So if you position yourself closer to the bully, then all of a sudden now you can curb that. That could be a pro that they're not bullying other kids, but a con of that is that the bully's now getting all of your attention. And that may be what, why they're doing it, because they thrive on the attention or things like that. So one isn't right, one isn't wrong, but it definitely, there's pros and cons to each of them. So I've done this activity a lot at teacher in-service trainings, just to kind of build that awareness piece around bullying prevention and whatnot. And, and then I usually ask the participants, okay, think about your role in school or with your groups. Did the strategy that you just played in this game, would that match the strategy that you do back in the real world? Are you one that would position yourself closer to one or the other? And if so, just think about that and think about the pros and cons and then you know, think, make sure that that's still a good strategy for yourself. It can be a really good moment. Yeah, So, and, and the change is around using language yep. to meet a specific outcome. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, so to take it back to that, so now all of a sudden it became skill-based learning to where I tweaked and changed the roles of the activity for a very specific, and it changed the game to meet the specific outcome of surfacing and talking about bullying prevention, but it dramatically changed that game. Yeah, yeah. nice, nice. And it, the, the example that I, I'm bringing to the podcast here is similar. The idea of using language along with a game that is basically played probably the same way you do with other different groups, but you use different language. Mm, mm-hmm. And it's called that person over there. Mm. And I like to use image cards. Image cards are my favorite. So any kind of image card, everybody gets one. And the idea is for each participant to pick an image card that connects them to some sort of a story about them. So it's something that they like to do, something, a place they like to go, a quality that they have and create a little story about that card 
And when everybody has a card, they kind of think about their story, details about them that brings out that they want to tell someone else. They pair and share. And the idea is each person tells their story. And you preface this and let people know that you're going to be sharing other people's stories. So you're going to want to listen well. Okay. So this is about communicating, listening, actively listening. They each tell their story. And then if you and I were telling stories to each other, telling our story, we would then, after we're done, switch cards. Okay. Now I have your card. So I am then going to kind of review your story in my head. Then I'm going to raise my hand and look for someone else doing the same thing. I'll go to a new person. Now I am telling your story that you told me based on your card. My partner, my new partner is going to tell me the story of the person that belongs to that card. And we're exchanging this information, right? Same thing after we exchange stories. First thing I'll do is, hey, that person over there is Michelle. So if they don't know each other, I can mm -hmm. say, that's Michelle right there. She belongs to this story. And I'm going to tell you the story about Michelle. Mm -hmm. And that person tells me the same thing. That person over there is Bill. I'm going to tell you a story about Bill. After we're done, we exchange cards. It's very similar to the old-fashioned game telephone. Mm, so we're mm -hmm. changing, or we're exchanging information. However, as we often know, as information goes down the line, things change. We lose details. We things get fuzzy, and we keep playing this. And I like to extend the time in this. I usually play this for a good six to eight minutes. Okay. So it changes it it mixes up those stories a lot and we're introducing we're trying to remember and we're trying to get to that point of meeting enough people but we're also kind of making it a little harder to remember things so on purpose and then when we stop the activity so after about six to eight minutes i'll say okay everybody freeze and let's go ahead and get in a circle you have one everybody should have one card left belonging to someone in the group Remembering that story that you told, we'll get into a circle and we'll talk about a couple of things before we go and reconnect with the person that we have, we're holding their card. And I say to them, how many of you have ever experienced gossip? Been a, either you kind of exchanged gossip with other people or maybe you started some gossip or you continued information and you gossiped about someone anybody have an experience with that okay yeah. all right same kind of thing here we've exchanged information how many of you once you got information about someone how many of you went to the person that you got information about and verified that information how many of you did that went over and found the person and to check it to see if that was who how many of you and usually I don't see any hands go up because they just don't think about that, right? They get the information and then they move on. How many of you maybe thought about it? Did you even think about going to check in with that person? Oh, interesting. So to me, right there, that's that object lesson of I get information about someone. What are my options? So I just take it in and then just pass it on, which are kind of the rules mm -hmm. of the game. Right. Mm -hmm. However, you just got information about somebody and the person is right there in the room. They're right over there. Could it just, could we have just walked? So we bring up this moment of when I get information, would it be a good idea to check it out with mm -hmm. someone and make yeah. sure that this is good information? Or do I, do I even stop? How many of you, anybody just stop 
passing on the information and not even pass it on. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, no, we didn't really think about that because we're in this game. We're in this activity of keeping passing, meeting other people, and we'll just pass along this information. So it's a nice way to bring up the idea or that, that behavior of gossip. Just like bullying, we want to talk about, we want to do something to talk about an important idea or behavior that we want to work on, get better at, or, or change. And this was a good one that I think relates to a lot of communities' experiences of let's build the skill of, ooh, well, let's, maybe I should check in with this person mm-hmm. before I believe this information to be true. Yeah. So that's, what, that's mine. That's, I think that is one of my more specific ones and not necessarily concept-based. Okay, we didn't talk about this in our pre, but I think I just figured out a new tweak to your game you just experienced, or that you just explained that I think could even get a little bit closer to that as well. And that's taking the game of two truths and a lie Mm. and using index cards. So what if, if you had everybody write on an index card, two truths and a lie, we've all played that and pretty much everybody knows that game. You write down, you know, two things that are truthful about yourself and one thing that's a lie. Yeah. Right? And if they wrote it on an index card and then, you know, you and I partner up, I'm like, here are my, here are my... Two truths and a lie. One of two of them are true, and one of them is is not true. But I don't tell you which one is the lie. And then you go and you pass this on. Hey, that person over you, we trade cards. Hey, that person over there is Michelle. Here are two truths about her, but one of them is a lie. We don't know which one it is. And now all of a sudden they're believing. It could be that maybe they're believing the lie, right? And that I think would get it gossip. So I think that's a yeah, way actually to even way. <laughs> tweak it as well sure, to still sure. get at that concept of gossip. Yeah, I like it. I so. Like it. And you have one. And then I actually so related. why that one was actually top of mind because I recently was saw a post on LinkedIn by Jan Keck who is a facilitator and trainer in the experiential world, and he took the game of two truths and a lie and actually tweaked it to be instead of two truths and a lie, which we've all known and played, you know, like summer camp and like things like that forever, but to tweak it and change it to where then instead of two truths and a lie. Have it be two truths and a goal. And now all of a sudden, that is a paradigm shift for that game to where now all of a sudden it's, it's trending towards the positive rather than the lie being the negative. Like there's always something that is just not true. But what if we were, you know, spreading out that positivity of like, here's two things I have accomplished. Here's one thing that I want to accomplish. Oh. And so some people then when they get there, they're like, I never would have guessed that you had, that that was a goal of yours. I would have thought that you would have already accomplished that by now or something like that. I think that completely changes that game to yeah. be something way more positive and something that I think I would actually like to do with groups where I haven't played Two Truths and a Lie with a groups in, in probably since my early 20s because it just doesn't fit my current telos, I guess, if you will, of, of the, you know, being very intentional with surfacing behaviors and things like that in, in groups. So, so the concept is around, not even the concept, the specific outcome is working on goal setting. Yeah. The idea is of talking about goals, opening up a conversation about goals and a little bit of get to know you mm-hmm. of here are the things, some of two things I've done. And then one thing. So wording it, how do we, it would be, 
I have been to Paris or I have I would actually make it more like maybe it's two goals that you have achieved in the last year. Right. How would you word it? And then so so for me, I'm a very goal focused person. So like in like the beginning of each year, I don't set resolutions. I just set goals for the year. And, you know, and hopefully by the end of the year, I will have accomplished them. So even if we look at our 2023 reflections, you know, thing that we did, if it was if I look back at 2023, what were two goals that I achieved last year? And then maybe it's one of my goals that I have for 2024 that I want to achieve. So it's looking back, maybe even it's recently, here are two goals that I've achieved. Here's one that I that I want to achieve. Okay. And How then, would you word it in this game? So then I'd be like, hey, Chris, here are, you know, here one goal that I achieved was, was I hit a certain dollar amount in sales last year. Um, another goal I achieved is that maybe I did 25 podcast episodes in a, in a, in a season. And then another goal that I have was that I wanted, that I wrote in the 52 weeks of the year, I wrote 48 newsletter articles. So you would write them as they were all completed, but one of them is not. But one of them is There you go. Now I was, I was, I was missing how to write them, but write them as they were as all they done. As they're already done. Oh, love it. But one, okay. of, them is, one of them is is a goal that has not been achieved yet. So yeah. ours is, the one of, of course is, uh, we have never completed 25 podcast episodes in a season yet. And that is a goal that we have oh, for this year. Okay. <laughs> we haven't done that yet? No, oh, not yet. It. Okay, this is, the, this is the year. This yeah. is the year. Okay, so, very cool. So I think that the idea or the focus is you look at a specific outcome it seems to be the language, very language driven is how we use language to drive our activity to meet a specific outcome the group has or the, the person in charge of the group that wants to see Correct. the group look at this specific outcome. And again, versus concepts that we always work on all the time. Right. If we drill down and get to a specific type of behavior, how do we then use the language to bring out that idea or the behavior to talk about? Yeah, oh. and really I think the kind of the intent or the goal of this particular episode is to really think about like this is where you can really get creative. You know, is looking at some of those tried and true games that you have played in the past and how would just a small rule change or a small tweak of some sort really help change that game to meet a specific outcome? Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast that's on teambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast you can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com you can sign up for my fun doing friday's activity email and find me at on teambuilding.com we hope you join us next week for ask michelle and chris about team building